The Waddle and Sylvie podcast is brought to you by DraftKings Sportsbook. Sign up using promo code WMVP at sportsbook.draftkings.com. Live from State Street in the heart of Chicago, you are listening to the new home of the Chicago Bears. Chicago ESPN Chicago. And this is Waddle and Sylvie, live from the old National Bank Studio. WMVP WSHE HD2 Chicago, a good karma brand's radio station. Great afternoon. So the Sox do win. Keeping our eye on everything else for you today. How many are they out in the uh, Central now? Uh, 38. Okay. How about the Wild Card? Remember when when they're like uh, 20 under? But they're only eight out. So maybe they'll... Maybe they'll uh, they'll buy at the deadline. Let's Remember Randy Merck in a text and see if he wants to double down on our bets, which currently sits at sixty dollars. They're only eighteen. Uh, they're only they're eighteen under, but they're only seven and a half back. Maybe maybe they should buy Bauer. Remember those days. And again, this is what hurts so bad for Sox fans. You've had a chance with your window open to own the worst division in baseball in the history of the sport. Yeah, then oh, well. those, that ship has sailed. Never mind. Yeah. Never mind. I said ship. You said ship. I, I yeah. could have said uh, something else, but I didn't. No. It's already more than uh, we anticipated. I did, Frank, did Frank swear on the pregame show today? Did, did anybody? Oh, really? I was watching. I, 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 good he for said, you. holy blank. Good for you for watching the pregame show. Oh, I'm sitting at home and I'm, I'm, I'm doing stuff. I'm, <laughs> why, I, I'm a fan of Chuck and Ozzy and Frank. Me too. What did you want Not me to watch? Not that fan. Days of Our Lives? What did you want me to do? A little music, perhaps? I don't know. I took a break from CNBC <laughs> and I turned on the, uh, the White Sox pregame Money, show. You, on. Want, you wanted it broken down tonight. This afternoon. Well, this is the time when they actually have a good time. Yeah. They have fun. Yeah. Oh, and it is now a final. Go, Cubs, go. That was big. The Cubs have just defeated the Milwaukee Brewers in a weird and wacky game. That was weird. That was weird. At Wrigley Field. Give them all the credit in the world, too, because after game one, uh, when they just, it, it was one of those games where you got home, you were very excited against the Brewers, who had won at that time eight in a row. And they got their ass kicked in game one. But the Cubs, if they have, if they, they've done this the last several weeks. They'll lose a game in a series, and they'll end up winning the series. And they take two out of three from the Brewers. They're three back now. This was the magical two-game swing in the, in the standings. It could have been three or five. Yeah, and now all of a sudden they're within shouting distance in the division. They got another great outing from their starting pitcher, Kyle Hendricks, was fantastic today. Kyle, uh, class was in session yeah, today. Wow, it was six innings uh, today for Kyle Hendricks, and he actually did not allow a run in the first couple of innings. Something that he's been doing lately. Both of the Brewers' runs were unearned today. It was kind of a sloppy. game. It was a well pitched game by the starters, but it was a sloppy game down the stretch. Uh, so, yeah, the Brewers tied it up. A lighter, uh, uh, Jesse texted me. He's like, uh, lighter and Alzalai, uh, I always say Alzalai. Alzalai, they're going to need a break here soon. They're going to need, like, uh, Merriweather got a break and now he's filthy. They're going to need a break soon. I don't know if they're going to be able to give it to them. But lighter looked, it was one of the worst outings he's had in a long time. He loaded the bases. They had to go to Alzali after last night's save um, with the bases loaded in two outs in the eighth inning to get a, a, a four-out save. And he hit, hit a guy to tie the game up. With bases juiced. Yes. And um, and then here and then so yeah he looks like he I mean he's still got good stuff but I I agree with Jesse I think there's definitely he could definitely use a couple days off so then in the ninth inning then the Cubs had first and second with nobody out they had uh, Nico Horner at the plate and they elected to bunt there was some debate here should they allow Nico to bunt do you sacrifice an out in that situation he's fast he's a good contact hitter but he did put down the bunt it was second and third with one out. And uh, then he Hap comes up, and uh, they're going on contact, I guess. And he hits a, an easy ground ball with the infield drawn in to the second baseman. No, it was, was it to first? the first baseman, Rowdy Telez. Yeah, so it was to Rowdy. And uh, easy, th- easy throw to first, and they get uh, Morell at the plate. So now there's two outs. It's first and third for Bellinger. 
Uh, Bellinger hit a shot up the middle. It hit the pitcher's uh, foot, caromed off the pitcher's foot, and he got an infield single. And that scored the go-ahead run. Two infield singles, a walk, a bunt, and you've won a series. Yes. How you do it. And, and yeah, and, and again... Kudos, I gotta tell kudos you. to the Cubs for, and then again the pitching, Steele and Hendricks to do what they've done these last couple of days since we last spoke. Uh, when we left last night, those two have put together great outings. I've said this a thousand times. I would much rather watch. I enjoyed last night's game and today's game much more so than if they would play in a a, a slugfest, especially when you have talented pitchers. Like if you find somebody who's got a nine ERA and just you know blind squirrel finds a nut has a good outing. That's not what I'm talking about. I'm talking about who was the starter for the the Brewers last night. Um, Burns it was Burns. Oh, Burns. Yeah, so you say you had, had a great duel between Steele and Burns, and today you had another great duel. Two really well pitched games from your starting pitchers. To me, that's more enjoyable. The Brewers had it lined up after winning nine in a row. They had two guys on the mound that they love, and the Cubs went out and they beat them both games. and And it felt like playoff baseball weather. Kudos to Connor as well for the setup on fall because it feels like fall today. It's going to be in the nineties here soon enough over the weekend. But today, it's got that football feel in the air. You even had a little bit of, uh, you were not happy with the wardrobe you wore today. Uh, I wasn't happy with myself. I walked out of the house. I was just, my mind was on something else, and I knew it was a little cool today. So I said to myself, self, make sure you bring a pullover. And then I I got busy and was doing something and left and didn't bring the pullover. So I'm a little uh, little chilly right now. Um, But anyway, uh, uh, up at Wrigley... We were even, you and I had more enthusiasm going than, than I think the crowd up there. In the eighth inning, I'm yeah. like, get up. You were screaming at you, screaming at your people. Screaming at your people. I'm like, where's the crowd? Get up. Everybody get up. Today was a more of a lazy Today a afternoon. Today was a lazy afternoon crowd. Yeah. Yesterday was a little bit of a better crowd. If you want to react, you're leaving Wrigley. You're a Cubs fan. You want to talk about their win. They take two out of three. And again, they're three out. They continue to win series. They had the easier stretch when they won series. They won three out of four from the Pittsburgh Pirates in their last series. But now they're starting this stretch against the contenders, the contender in the division, the team in first place in the Brewers. Now they're facing a bunch of the wild card teams that they're competing with. And you set the table by taking two out of three from the Brewers. And especially if you lose the first one, uh, like I, my goal was to split the next two. They've done one better than that, and they took the next two. Just keep winning series. Yes. I Crushing mean, victory as you've now clinched waivers priority over the uh, Giants and true. Diamondbacks. So yeah. now one step farther away from Giolito, Matt Moore, Ronaldo Lopez. It now is you such say a, that with a tad of sarcasm, though, too. Not a tad. A full helping. <laughs> Full helping of sarcasm. I would no, it, lo- the Angels, it's a really weird the Angels thing. Kind going. of screwed the baseball yeah. playoff race up. That's why I mean, like I, I wasn't in full, wasn't fully aware that this was even something in baseball anymore. But I guess with the rules changing and the the Angels being the Angels and being in the luxury tax, yeah, is this is and and by the way, they weren't the only team that did it. Other teams followed suit afterwards, yes. so including the White Sox. Like I, I mean, it's just it's. I guess this is the nature of the beast going forward in baseball, but like this just hasn't been part of the landscape where you're fighting, you're fighting, you're fighting, and then all of a sudden there's a dump. And usually when teams get players, it's not players that actually in other sports, it's not players that can contribute to other teams. Yeah. Like in this situation, the Angels went on a player dump for guys with guys that can actually be key components to teams that are fighting for something. By the way, you're listening to WMVP Chicago and WSHE HD2 Chicago ESPN 1000. Our phone number 312-332-3776. We'll get to Ryan Poles in the press conference he had. But if you want to talk to Chicago baseball and waivers or the Cubs taking two out of three here from the Brewers and uh, your excitement, they're nine over now. Nine is a high water mark, right? Yeah, yeah. Every, every, every win has been this yeah. high, high water mark, basically. Every time they take uh, another series, they're reaching a high water mark. And um, it, it's, it's, it's pretty inc- incredible. I heard Cap today, as usual, I don't agree with Cap. 
He said he would want Clevenger. I want nothing to do with Clevenger. It is, and, and it's not just the story from the offseason in San Diego. Like I, I've read stuff about the, the teammates not liking him in Cleveland. I know he's been good, and he's been very good lately. I, I'm not pretty like the one of the great things about what you've read about the Cubs is the camaraderie, the togetherness, uh, everyone pulling on the same end of the rope for for three starts in September, whatever it would be, uh, whatever you'd get out of him. The, like you always say, the the Waddle test to me, the juice isn't worth the squeeze. I'm not bringing him into my clubhouse. I don't care how well he's pitching. I have no interest in Clevenger. I want him nowhere near my clubhouse. Nothing good is happening on that south side. They have, they have now spoiled Dylan Cease, too. I would, I'm going to be very interested to see if, in fact, there are any takers for him. Because he is throwing the baseball well. He is. Is there a team out there that is willing to bring him in? And The track record's the track record for him as a guy. And I don't want him. I, 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 like, I'm not looking to upset a good thing after the way this has gone. It, it's, what, it's exactly what Dansby Swanson was talking about on Why Buy. Even before they got hot, they've got a good thing. They're building something good. Why bring in someone who doesn't fit that mold? My guess is, based on what Jed has told us in the past, too, before doing something like that, he would definitely consult his guys. That's the way I feel. I feel like if that was something that was going through his mind, he would reach out to the leaders on his team and see how they felt about it. We got a hat in here. Don't be a rich. I don't want any Richards around. I don't want any guys like that. We still have the hat in there. Yeah. Don't you remember? I don't remember much, buddy. Don't be a Richard. I love it. That's great. Such a great. It's a a great. It's uh, a good saying. It's a good saying. Yeah. It's a good motto. So, Wilbon's coming up here at uh, 4.30. Uh, Courtney Cronin at 5 o'clock. If you want to contribute, 312-332-3776. So, the Bears did some stuff today. They did. Uh, made a couple claims. They've, uh, they've had to waive a couple of guys. And uh, the roster's a little different today. I guess two claims and, uh, and one, and one soon-to-be signing. Right. And then with the third signing, it's Tevin Jenkins, the way they make room for it. Tevin Jenkins was the move today. He goes on the injured reserve with the designation to return. So he's out for the first, what is it? Four weeks. Four weeks of the season. So, um, yeah, that's a little disappointing. I didn't realize that. I mean, we had heard, but my hope was is that he was going to come back sooner rather than later. So my unsettled feeling about the offensive line remains. But, uh, look, I'm, I'm not surprised. I think they're going to use the, their leverage, which is they have the the number one claim for anybody that was available through, what, the first three weeks of the season? I'm not surprised at all that Ryan Poles decided to use it. Um, he's in the process of upgrading his roster, and that will go on and on and on and on and on. Like, I don't see that ever stopping. This is his approach. So, um, yeah, there's a couple new faces in their building today. So one of them is Trent Taylor. Trent Taylor is a punt returner slash wide receiver, but more so for punt returning. He was with the Cincinnati Bengals, yep. and he's one of the better punt returners out there. Yes. This basically shows you they have very little confidence in Velas to do that gig, at least. Maybe still for kickoff returns, um, and, and they don't want to part with him yet. They still want to give him a shot here in at least the first four weeks till yep. they have to make another roster move. To see if he can grow in, and it's his first. It's his first draft. It's his third round pick. His first offensive player he's ever drafted. But it shows you that they have very little confidence in him returning punts. I don't have a whole lot of confidence in him as well. well. I, have, I have zero. Yeah, but he so. wasn't my draft pick. Like if it was up to me, and I think if he wasn't Ryan Poles' draft pick, I think he'd be gone. I think yeah. if Ryan Pace took him a year before. And he was on this roster. In my mind, Valus Jones would not have a roster spot. Yeah, I agree. But because it's Ryan Poles' draft pick, that there's still some love for him and that they want to see this through. And he mentioned that in his press conference today, that he has seen the light go on for some guys. But again, like to me, the, the, the thing that I've always said about Valus, he's had a long football career. 
He, he spent many years at USC. And then he had the one year at Tennessee. And for many of those years, the light never went on. Do you know what I mean? There was very little college production. Yeah. And that's why, like, you, you can trust the tape. He does have measurables where he's fast. But when you look at the football tape and you look at the football production, he has very little football production in his career. And that's why I, I have, as a fan, very little hope that the light that there's any light that's re- really truly going to go on at his age at this point. I, like I've told you, he's the same age as DJ Moore and and Darnell Mooney. Same age. I think the only area where he really did anything last year that was truly a contribution to the team was kickoff returns which are almost obsolete now because yeah. most guys kick them to the end zone. And there were a couple of jet sweeps, I think, that we saw him run. But other guys, I mean, Tyler Scott can do that. So I agree with you. I, I think if if Valus Jones is a pick from the previous regime, I don't know that he's here. And I really don't know that there is significant upside for him with the light coming on. The light may come on, but the ball keeps going through his arms. Right, right. So what light's going on? He's fast. So I don't know. I mean, it's... There's always a, a guy or two on a roster that that the general manager just can't seem to let himself let go. Uh, Quint- and it seems like that. The two guys that they did claim are Quindell Johnson and defensive end Khalid Kareem. Those are the two guys that they claimed. And to Kareem's make- from Indy, right? Or was with Indy most recently, I believe? Yes, they got a good look at him during yeah. the, the joint practices. Joint practices at then a game, yeah. Yeah. And then the other kid is a defensive back from where? Where was where? he? Was he Notre Dame? Was he a Notre Dame guy? I know one of the guys they claimed today was Notre Dame. Yeah. I think Kareem well, was the Notre Dame. Dame. Was, oh, Kareem was Kareem. Yeah. He, yeah, he's the local from Orland Park. Or no, no, that was Feeney, right? Yeah, yeah, that's Feeney. they're all from they're all local kids. Give me the specifics on each one, guys. When you when you get that, AJ Thomas and defensive end Terrell Lewis were the guys who were waived um, to make room. On the on the waiver claim, they also thought that um, they would bring back um, the quarterback that they waived, but they Nate, wouldn't. W- Nate Peterman, Nate Peterman, Nathan Peterman in a. They still didn't specify if it would be in a practice squad move or in an active roster. They could bring him back initially in the practice squad and then elevate him to the active roster just before game day to make him that that extra roster spot that doesn't count on game day. I think that that's very likely. I mean, they've told you they want a third quarterback, and I think that that's a really good way to do it because nobody's going to claim Nate Peterman. I think you have to have three quarterbacks for the reasons we mentioned yesterday going into a game. It doesn't change who, in my mind, the backup is. The backup is is Tyson Bajan, and Nate Peterman will be there in case of, you know, break class in case of emergency. So Kendell Johnson was an undrafted rookie out of Memphis, um, who the who, coming from the Rams, he spent the preseason with them. He had a good uh, final preseason game with them. Okay, and then um, Khalid Cream is the Notre Dame kid, correct? And then he was the one from Indy. So I, listen, if I, I was on this team and I was on the bottom third of the roster, I, my head would be on a swivel. Sure, right. My ass would be out there every day making sure I was at practice and doing everything that was being asked of me because they have shown you, not told you, they have shown you that they are constantly looking to upgrade the roster, and if you're a weak link, you're going to get replaced. Do you want a few things from Ryan Poles from sure. the press conference Absolutely. today? Here's Ryan Poles talking about Bajent, um and and how he moved himself up into the backup quarterback spot, at least for now. He's on the team, um, and he'll most likely be the number two quarterback, especially when you're bringing back Peterman, it looks like. Um, and they had other opportunities to claim some other or sign some other quarterbacks, and they have not done that. And they really sung his praises, and they really gave credit to their scouting staff today. It was almost like they... They they took a lap, a little bit of a victory lap. He was with them at the Senior Bowl as well. So they had an idea who he was and what he was all about going back to the Senior Bowl. He had a good Senior yeah. Bowl, and they coached him. I mean, that's where Getsy coached him. So this was Ryan Poles talking about Bajent. The quarterback 
position obviously was a, a really cool situation this year. Uh, you got to give Tyson a lot of, um, you know, you got to give him a lot of credit for how he handled the situation, really poised throughout the entire process, um, elevated his game every single week and got better. Um, and you want guys like that to make, you know, the roster construction difficult, you know, and make it a challenge. And for those guys to force themselves on the roster, and he did that and he earned it, and I'm proud of him. And then this is Ian Cunningham, of course, his right-hand man, and a lot of people think that Ian Cunningham's going to be a future general manager. He talks about how Bajan exceeded the expectations for everyone in the building. Yeah, I mean, Ryan just hit on it with the background that Tom and, and Jeff got on him. It was just it was dead on just in terms of the person, the intangibles, what he shows up every single day. Um, it's not too big for him. Um, he's, he's shown that he's able to develop on the field and in the classroom. Uh, I remember when Jeff got done seeing him at Shepherd. He came in my office raving about this guy whose dad was a pro arm wrestler, and I was like, "Who is this guy?" And he was fired up about him. And uh, and then we were able to see him, and Luke was able to see him down in Mobile at the Senior Bowl. So then we got another touch point to him. There was a familiarity, there was a comfort level with him, and then obviously getting him to the UDFA process and getting excited about that. Um, he's just continued to show us every single step of the way. He's growing. And we're just excited to have him. They raved about him. A lot of excitement about your backup quarterback. They did. They did. And then, like, I want to play you then in, in kind of in a little comparison. And I've got one more on Bajan. And, again, like, it, it is a great story. And it does show your scouting staff does do a good job of unearthing these guys. So I get why. But then, like, in, when they talked about Fields, it was a much different sort of mood. Much more tempered. And, and Courtney will hit on that, too. Um, Ian Cunningham on whether or not they're confident that Bajan can take over if Justin goes down. Like, is he ready to run the offense in case of an emergency in a real game? Not just a preseason game, but in a real game. I think we've seen it every day since his rookie minicamp, just his poise. He's got this moxie. He has this confidence about him. I remember walking out of the tunnel with him against Tennessee. And it was like he's been here before, right? And he showed it. He's displayed it ever since he's been here. Um, and then in game exposure, his accuracy, decision-making, his poise, we saw what he was able to do with his legs. Um, I think the kid's got a bright future. It was was that Shani talking about Purdy? Was that who that was? No. Or that is that was... Ian Cunningham talking about Tyson Bajant? Yes, that is Ian Cunningham talking about Tyson Bajant. Look, I, I will say this as well. I, I don't know where it leads, but my evaluation from, like, I'm not in the room with him. I wasn't in Mobile with him, any of that stuff. My first thought when I watched him play and, and saw him in limited times in practice was he just looks like he's comfortable playing the quarterback position. Some guys are frenetic. Some guys just are overwhelmed. Some guys, he doesn't. I, I mean, what does that mean going forward? I don't know. But he's played a lot of football, albeit at a smaller level, at a, a lower level. But he, at this moment in time, he doesn't seem to be overwhelmed with what he has found himself in the midst of. And I don't believe that they are going to bring in, unless something weird happens, I think he's your two. And if, God oh, yeah. forbid, anything happens, he's going in. And you're going to have Nate Peterman just in case you would have to go to a third quarterback. But I don't think that they're going to somebody else. At least it doesn't sound like it, does it? Doesn't sound no, like it. No, no. It sounds it, like it, to uh, me that uh, they're... When you listen to the whole uh, press conference and it didn't sound like it at all. Like, the only mention of another quarterback was, again, about Peterman. Right. Um, this is polls in, ret- in, in comparison, okay? We were looking for the word. I texted Courtney about this. Again, do with it what you want. But, like, you heard a lot of hyperbole. Is that the right way to say? Yeah. You heard a lot of a lot of descriptive conversation about Bajan. And maybe it is because they want their scouting staff to really get some accolades. And pretty it's their eff- guy. Pretty it, effusive compliments. Yeah, they were effusive in the way they talked about uh, Bajan. Um, so it's more calculated when it comes to fields. Why, I don't know. But the question was asked. What are your expectations for Fields this year? Check the difference in Ryan Poles. Yeah, just to continue to improve. Uh, continue to improve. Um, we want those sack numbers to go down, interceptions to go down, um, make good reads, protect himself. Um, 
just see him take the next step. Those are the basics of quarterback position. Make good reads, protect yourself, completion percentage goes up. What did he say? Interceptions go down. Like, those are the basics. I Look, I don't have any idea why they, if you measure them, <laughs> the enthusiasm and then over here, I don't know why they, they, they have chosen that path. Maybe they don't even know that they're doing it. Yeah. In terms of how they're talking. You say, well, somebody no, may Courtney think it's thinks calculated. It, Courtney thinks, and we could talk to her about, Courtney thinks it's calculated because it's not, he's still not their guy and they want to see it from him. And and not that they don't believe in him, but they want to they wanna see it from him. But they, they're not effusive and they're not no. saying we want to see Justin go out and be a pro bowler. I we wonder- don't we don't want Justin. They're not saying we want Justin to go out and be an all pro. We don't like, you know what I mean? Like, they, I, I do. I think that and he complimented a lot of guys today in the yes. press conference. Look, I, I don't at this point. It's just speculation because you're trying to interpret somebody else's words. But. Look, there's been a lot of conversation about the Bears being the team that will take that jump this year. And there's been conversation. Do you believe that Justin is a true MVP candidate? Maybe this is them just trying to ratchet some of that back and just let him concentrate on the Green Bay Packers and not get involved in all of the other conversation. I have no idea. But I, I listen, I'm cool with what they're saying because I echo their sentiments. Let's take this one step at a time. Let's not go from zero to 100. Let's not go from a nice second year in the league to a legitimate MVP candidate because that's really hard to do. So let's not set the bar right. there. It, it, it isn't get it's impossible. up. This isn't get this up. This isn't get up. Yeah, right. Okay. This is Ryan right. Poles meeting the media. Maybe we're too used to the hyperbole yes. on some of these first take shows. Correct. And this is just the damn general manager who wants his quarterback to just get better. Bingo. It's Ryan Poles okay. and Ian Cunningham. It's not Dan Orlovsky and Greeny. But, but, but. Ian Cunningham sure sounded like a like Dan Orlovsky talking about Tyson Bajan. Well, I, that is funny, uh, and I will, he, I will, he, I do, will tip he, my cap to you on that. I'm just saying that, like, look, I don't want my, I want my my general manager, and my coaches to be confident in my guy, but I don't feel it's necessary for them to get out there and be part of the, you know, the 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 brigade that is telling you that oh, this is going to be a special. I hope it's a special season. I really do. But they've got a lot of gaps to fill right now. It's hard to go from being the worst passing attack in the National Football League to going into. Do you know what kind of numbers you got to be putting up to be part of the MVP? I know. Do you think if they would ask him, what kind of season are you expecting from DJ Moore? Do you think that they would say, we want him to run good routes and catch more footballs? No. Or do you think they would say, we think DJ Moore has the chance to be one of the better wide receivers in football. Well, you got that in a different conversation when they told you, I'm not making this deal with Carolina unless DJ's involved. Here's polls more on, on fields and, and the sack numbers uh, that they hope go down this year. I feel better about it. Obviously, we need to see that, that number change. And that, it's a, that's a relationship, right, where uh, protections got to be better. And I feel better um, about our, our setup in terms of the guys in front of them and our tackles. Braxton is going in year two. And, we, you know, Darnell's doing a good job. And um, that alone should help us. And then Justin's ability to execute our offense more efficiently and get the ball out quicker, too, like all of that should run together and that number should drop you pointed to me when we watched it live and then you just pointed to me again why are you pointing well, i mean these are the, these things are resonating with them like the same thing i told you after the game against buffalo when when Eberflu says yeah you know the hit that justin took he's got a drift he's got a drift on that that is the clearest evidence that you're going to get that, it, that look if you're not going to protect yourself we're going to protect you and that's why we're going to take you out and this is something that they really need. This is something they need him to really buy into is, is that you can't be taking unnecessary shots, whether it's in the preseason or even in the regular season. Guys are coming at you this year. They know the best way to get you is to get you and to make sure that when you get late in the third quarter and the fourth quarter, you're, you're, you're tired, you're a little banged up. So, I mean, guys are going to be coming after you, so you can't be taking unnecessary hits. And that's got to be part of your mentality when you step on the field. 
And, like, look, the sacks, all the sacks, everyone will talk about, oh, this offensive line sucks, 57 sacks. They were below average. I don't care what anybody uses as a metric, you know, pro football focus, whatever it was. Use your eyes. Were they good enough last year protecting the quarterback? No. Was your quarterback also responsible for some of them because he wasn't moving in the pocket efficiently? Yes, he was. And this is what they're talking about. This, these are all true statements. They've got to be more efficient. They've got to be, he's got to protect himself more. The sack numbers have to come down, and that's in concert with your offensive line and your quarterback being on the same page. And we expect all that to happen. It's just not Greeny and Dan Orlovsky telling you guys that, guess what? Not only is he going to be really, really good this year, he should be an MVP candidate. Like, that's a television show. This is reality. And I wouldn't, and with that in mind, I wouldn't look at what's being set up at Hallis Hall and panic. All I would say is that's reality. That's how they feel. This is television. That's reality. Here's more polls about goals for Justin Fields. Um, Really, I trust in in Luke and Andrew Janoko and and Flus right now. You know, he spends most of his time with the coaches and, and they've put their plan together and their goals um, in terms of getting better and taking that next step. So, um, you know, as a staff, we talk about what we need to see, but they've had those conversations and um, he kind of knows what's expected of him. And and really, he's a, a goal-oriented guy and he's competitive. So, you know, I'm sure his his stuff is more aggressive than, than what ours is, which is good. That's what you want your guys to be like. He's not interested in the hyperbole. There is no, there is no effusive praise for Justin Fields coming from the front office, and that's fine with me as of now. Yes, they need, they need to see it. So, like, if people want, like, come tweet us and they say, "Guys, you don't believe in Fields." That's not true. Or, or, or I, I would say, I don't think the front office. They need to see it to believe it first. Right. Again, I, like, I, I, and I don't have a problem with how they're responding in the slightest. Like, all of the stuff that they're saying is factual. When he becomes that pro bowler and becomes that MVP, true MVP candidate, which we all hope that he will become, I can guarantee you that Ian Cunningham and Ryan Poles will be the first guys on that stage to say, look, we have solved the biggest problem in all of professional sports, and that's finding an answer, a long-term answer at the most important position in all of professional sports. But they're not in the him crowd yet. No, nor should they be. But, but, okay, that's all I'm saying. Yeah, no, I mean... It is the leaders of the organization who want everyone to join the him crowd, and if you criticize, they get mad. The leaders of those guys' favorite team, our favorite team, aren't in the him crowd yet. No, but if, in fact, he becomes him, they will be. Well, but, well, yeah. well that, that's the prudent approach. Of course. That's why Dan Orlovsky and Greeny are over here and Ryan Poles and Ian Cunningham are over here. It's not being a hater no. if you're not in the him crowd now is what I'm getting at. Yeah, I'm, that's, yeah I, don't, I don't worry about that. Your eyes tell you, like, I mean, I don't. I think they need a dose of Sal Pal up at Hallis Hall to come yeah. talk him into winning the <laughs> NFC North. <laughs> yeah, I, come on. Man. He keeps Sal Pal keeps calling Poles pace though. Does he? Well, he, we need he, to hit him in the. We yeah. need to give him the old uh, the, the, the pie the in the face. face. Yeah, we need to give him pace face, and he'll learn real quick. You, Sal Pal Sylvie, all of a sudden he did, he did it twice. I don't think he's made the mistake in months now. No, I have not. Listen, this is one don't of the things. It. This is one of the things I like about this this staff, and I like. I'm a true believer in the offensive coordinator, and call me you know whatever name you want to call me about being in, on his fan club. I, again, I trust that he is going to get guys in the right position and get the most out of them because he understands what he's got his hand, what his hands on right now. But I appreciate it last year when, when like, he wasn't part of that, that, the cheerleading crew either. There's no bear hugging going on up at Hallis Hall. Okay? We're going to do a new segment called Bear Hugging. When you deserve a bear hug, you're going to get it. But if you're not deserving the bear hug, you ain't going to get it. You think they're bear hugging Tevin Jenkins? No. Well, he may break. I'm just saying, like, look, there's – I like the fact that, that the coaching staff is willing to say, hey, whoa, wait a second here. We need to get better at this. We need to get better at that. Instead of blowing smoke up someone's rear end and letting them think that they've accomplished what they, they need to accomplish just yet. All right. If you want to talk about uh, what you heard from polls, three three two three seven seven six. If you want to talk about the Cubs – Series win against the Brewers as they move within three games of first as they win three to two on the north side and you're leaving the ballpark. You, uh, 
You watched it, 312-332-3776. We are here for you, 332-3776. Michael Wilbon will talk about all that, and Courtney Cronin coming up at 5 o'clock. Ready for a new sports bar experience? Check out one of the newly remodeled Club Hawthorne betting bars in Crestwood, Joliet, Villa Park, or in a dozen locations throughout Chicagoland. Find your spot at HawthorneBettingBars.com. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER to get help. Uh-oh. Guess what day it is. Guess what day it is. Huh? Anybody? Guess what today is. It's Wilbon Day. Woo-hoo! Chicago native Michael Wilbon, host of Pardon the Interruption with Waddle and Sylvie on ESPN Chicago. Wilbon brought to you by Waddle's guys over at Hawk. You're shooting a commercial for Hawk tomorrow, aren't you? I am with Tom Thayer. I am. Uh, HawkAuto.com, Ford, Chevy, Chrysler, Dodge, Jeep, Ram, Subaru, Cadillac, Mazda, MVW, all in one place. HawkAuto.com with Chicagoland saves big. Are you going to be the kid with Thayer and say, wow, Tom Thayer? I'm going to try not to. <laughs> if I have any uh, creative control over the spot, I will not be doing that. Wilbon, uh, your excitement level over the Cubs taking two out of three from the Brewers. Is that game over? It is over. They it's won over. three to two. All right. I was <clears throat> taping uh, these one-run games and making me crazy. Every damn game the Cubs play seems to be a one-run game. I know game one of the series was not because that was 6-2. I I mean, my excitement level is high because they're doing something that is not as spectacular as the Brewers just winning nine straight. But to beat them two out of three at home, you really need to do that. You need to do that because even if you can't catch them, and I know they're back to three out. Yep. Three behind you. You want to secure that wild card spot, one of them, and so I am thrilled. I couldn't monitor today's game as much because we're taping PTI. Today was the first day Tony and I have done the show since July. Um, we've been we've been off for a while between one or the both of us, but I am thrilled. And Brendan Steele has me really jacked up. I mean, there should be some hardware in it for him, even though. I want to think bigger than hardware. Um, I want to think about a postseason spot. That's, man. I've actually started looking at my calendar, figuring out, okay, like, when could they play at home if they could play at home? Because you don't automatically get that little wild card. But I would really, really, really love to see that. Yeah, right now, uh, they're like you said, they're three back of the Brewers. And uh, they're in the second spot in the wild card. And uh, they are... Two games up on the Diamondbacks in the loss column uh, as the Diamondbacks are fourth. So they got a right. little bit of breathing room. And then the Reds are yeah. now four. The Reds are four back of the Cubs. I think so. you guys have four games with the Reds coming up. And yeah. then you have six games in the next couple of weeks, I believe, with Arizona, don't you? We, so there's yeah. going to be Ooh, some. Is it six? Is it I, six? I tell you what, Arizona's got some tough games. And they got to play the Giants and the Dodgers. Right. So that's their. I mean, their division just plays out that way. Um, but wow, I didn't know we had six. Yeah, you have four. Zone. You actually have four. Uh, it says you have three with. After you go to Cincinnati for four, yeah. you get three with the Giants at home, four with four. Arizona at home. Then you go to Colorado, Ooh. and then you go to Arizona to play the D backs for three on the road. Wow. So, yeah. So like, uh, okay. I think we'll yeah. know in the next couple of weeks if they have yeah. solidified yeah, maybe at least we will. a wild That's card very, spot. I'm very excited. Hey, listen, excited at least we've that. got exciting, meaningful baseball in yes. this city this late in the season, yeah. which what more can you ask for? Yeah, we haven't had it in like three years. We got it now, which is tremendous. Yes. Um, so there was that. And what was your reaction when you had heard uh, what had happened on the south side on Friday at the White Sox game? With the shooting, it was. I, it was. I, I, the, when I first heard it, I didn't believe it, and I saw. You know, I was traveling, and so it was tough to. I couldn't just sit down in front of a TV or call anybody, um, and I was like, "This person shot in the leg. What? Like, what is this?" And so, have they gotten to the bottom of this yet? Well, like Peggy Kaczynski, who's, you know, Peggy, who's been a long investigative reporter, sports yeah. reporter. Um, and, and there was another website who had reported this. 
Um, she had reported yesterday on these airwaves that it was snuck in by the woman who had gotten shot within okay. the within within the fat of her belly. It's a really crazy story that yeah. I mean, if you have to, if you sit through the entire, you, you it's know, crazy. Yeah, it is. It's crazy, and I think that they're and still I, talking you know, about processing it even further. I don't. I mean, it's just it's a it's a one of these things that is just. Too unbelievable to believe, and it's just another thing on the south side with this baseball team that just has you scratching your heads. It does, and it, you know. And, and look, I grew up going to that. You know, if you look, we look at how many games I went to as a kid. I went to many more games at the old Comiskey because that's what I did. I took the train. Sometimes I bet you, I bet you, some summers when I was 10, 11, 12, 12, 11, 12, 13, 14, 15, I bet you I'd go to ten games a summer easily each summer. I went to Comiskey more than I went to Wrigley as a kid. And, you know, you think about the history of stuff and disco demolition. There was just always too much crazy stuff going on. And this is beyond crazy. Of course, it's dangerous. You start talking about shooting, even when the person, even if that is the bottom line on this story. And it's just why, you know, there are no words. There are no words. This should not be happening. Mike, if you, if A, have you heard any rumors about whether or not Jerry is contemplating seriously selling the team? And if you could sit down with him and kind of counsel him and just have a conversation with him, what would you tell him about where his baseball team is and what you think he should do with it? Well, I'm, I'm, I'm biased. And it, the, the bias is toward Jerry and toward Michael, who I'm friends with. I'm not going to try to sugarcoat that. I'd like to see Michael have a chance if he wants it, to run it, to run them. Michael doesn't, you know, he's, he's a great son. Doesn't he means he always have to, has, has to agree with his dad. So, so I'd like to see that. Um, I, I would. I, I mean, I know how much the teams mean and the area means to Michael. Michael didn't grow up somewhere else. He's a Chicagoan. And so I, I'd like to see that. And beyond that, if he's going to sell it, I mean, I don't know. I, you know, there's too much. I hope it wouldn't go to, you know, the kind of owner I've seen in two places that I live, Dan Snyder, Robert Sarver. I don't want to see that. And it's hard to guard against that. It's, it's, it's impossible maybe to guard against it. And so I, I wouldn't want to see it. Like I said, I'm, 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 my bias is with the Reinsdorf family. I mean, Jerry has, yeah, okay, one, he oversaw that the greatest Chicago sports period, I would argue, ever, and that's the Bulls um, with six championships and eight trips to the conference finals. Um, and then a couple of other, you know, builds where they got reasonably close. And then the White Sox actually won, which when it comes to baseball around here, that's not something you can take for granted. So I, I hope that that's, that's my hope. And it's not – I don't know enough about the people. Look, they're, I'm learning this living in Washington – there are billionaires everywhere now. And here's what I really don't. Let me tell you what I don't want to see. I don't want to see just foreign investment. And that's going to come. People can think they all they want, that the Saudi you know, presence is only pertinent when it comes to golf. That would be stupid. Um, you know, <laughs> Middle Eastern investment is going to come. These owners have to create guys. Big revenue streams. How else are you going to pay Dame Lillard $60 million in the, when, when he's 35? And the point you're making, if I, if I can, am interpreting it right, Mike, is, is that, look, you may have someone like you're describing come in and offer you something for your franchise that no one yes, here domestically would. Yes. Suppose, somebody, suppose you think the going rate is $3.5 billion and somebody, foreign investment, offers you $5 billion. Right. All right, so right now, legislation may prevent that and, and, and rules of leagues, but rules of leagues change. You know, I mean, I know the NFL right now, I, one of them has the phrase controlling interest. One, there's no interest at all. But these things change by vote because the other owners are looking at their pockets as well. And if somebody's going to come in and there's a percentage involved, whether it's uh, expansion, uh, whether it's sale of, 
you know, nothing, everything that's off the table now can be put on the table. Michael, though. So who knows where the White Sox will be in all that if they're in any of it? I, I get what you're saying that, look, the, the, that you, you just never know. It could always get worse. But, like, isn't it just time? Like, it was every, every person has an expiration date. And I don't mean on their life, I mean on their career. Like, Michael Jordan yeah. had an expiration date on his playing career. LeBron's going to have an expiration date. Tom Brady had an expiration date. When you're no longer good at something, it's time to walk away. Jerry's no longer good at this. It's, t- it's time to go. Okay. I, I like, who's our, I mean, Everything has an expiration date, and everybody has one. That's why I'd like to see Michael doing it because he's not he's not he's not within decades of an expiration. Do you think he would do it better? So, I, I look at other examples where, you know, where families have owned teams, and it has been a mixed bag, just like anybody else owning the team. Well, like with the Blackhawks, it got better. It got it got hugely it got, better. Yeah. I was that was coming out of my mouth. The Blackhawks got hugely better. So, you know, I, I, I'm not going to sit here and say that Michael couldn't and wouldn't do a great job because I think he would. Mike, uh, you know some really rich people more so than Sylvie and I do. Is there an appetite? I doubt that. No, that, no, yes, that is do. totally true. Yeah. As, you there... wait, as Tommy goes to shoot a commercial tomorrow. Uh, oh, my gosh, sure. yeah. You, you're not going to be seeing this in, in uh, you know, in, sure in D.C. or national. Arizona or anywhere. Yeah, right. going all over yeah. the place. Okay. Anyway, so the, the rich people that you know, is there an appetite for Major League Baseball franchises? Yeah. There is. I just, I just had, I just, yeah, I just got... Tommy, if you had asked me this two weeks ago, I wouldn't have known any better. But having had a conversation with somebody who knows and is involved in it, yes, mm. there's a, there's an appetite for rich by, for rich people with a whole lot of stuff. Right. Any place they can see value and increased value. Well, I would think any you know any of the mega rich people would their first inclination would be NFL franchise, but I just don't know. Not what... necessarily. No. Not necessarily because I'm talking about again. I'm talking about mega rich foreign investment too. Right. And with the NFL, doesn't matter to them as much. Soccer matters to them. The NBA matters to them. I mean, I just talked to a couple of incredibly rich owners who, to whom football means nothing. They, 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 they get the numbers. They know that. There's businessmen. They have dealings with businesses in the United States of America. But they're also citizens of the world. And so, you know, I mean, let's face it. What have American businessmen sought to do? Invest in international foreign businesses and what do we do soccer right and then where the glazers went to manchester i mean yes, we, you know this is there's already a blueprint for this it's when, not like this is complicated when you put your group together which you will be the managing partner of what is yeah, your what yeah, is who, your first your if you couldn't well uh, okay that's a good question who's in your group a but what would be the ultimate ownership entity for you would it be the Bears? Would it be the Cubs? Would it be the White Sox? Would it, what would it be if you could put your mega rich group together and you would be in um, charge? What are you going to buy? That's a great question. I, NBA, look at the appreciation. And by the way, I know it's there for football, too. Dan Snyder paid close to $900 million for the team and sold it for, if we're to believe six the numbers, close to six. Yeah, he's buying the Bears and keeping them in soldier. That's what he's oh, doing. Oh, jeez, No. I would buy the I would buy the Bears and I'd put them in a new stadium that wouldn't be in Arlington Heights, so you guys could go and claim the Packers if you want to get the hell out. Any um, chance? Any chance you're putting this out? So your group is yeah. you're, you're targeting the Bulls, possibly. Am I reading the tea leaves well, yeah, correct? I, yeah, or or another. You know, look, look at look what Michael Jordan just did. Yeah, he made uh, a bunch of money. That yeah. return, that return on investment was every bit. What Dan Snyder's was, if not a little bit better. But Mike, you're not so, going to hire yes men. You're going to hire people that are really good at doing the job and running the team, right? If they're saying yes to me, that always sounds pretty good. <laughs> <laughs> You'll lose that, though. If, can you imagine? Hey, we, listen, we, we caused a, a rift with Barkley and Jordan. Now we're going to cause a rift with with Mike and his owners. <laughs> That's great. It wouldn't be great. I mean, you know, I, I don't even have dreams of that. Um, but I, I do talk to people who are involved in groups as they search out people. Look, Washington, again, to, to, to just be sold, and it's interesting because that group went and got Magic Johnson wisely, wisely, really wisely. 
And so, you, you know, so I'm able to, to just listen to the conversations that take place in and around these things and people who are involved in these groups. And, um, I, you know, they're all going to <laughs> the return on investment appears to be great right now. Yeah. But you got to spend a lot of money to make some. Again, those salaries in the NBA are not make-believe. Salaries in, make, in, in, in Major League Baseball are not make-believe. The salaries in football and hockey are sort of like, okay, sure, we can get around that. Because in football, you can just cut somebody and lie. You don't really mean what you say you're signing to. And in hockey, the numbers are so low that, like, I don't know, half the people on air at ESPN who, may, who are being brought in are making three times more. So, I, I, you know, there's maybe maybe the investment is is, is the NHL. I don't know how what the appreciation is. R- but maybe I'd like to own the Blackhawks as much as the Bulls, and I just mm-hmm. hadn't thought of it. That there way. you go. Really quick, would 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 a former president who roots for the White Sox ever be interested in buying the team? Maybe a former uh, Chicago Bull who once played for the White Sox would he be ever interested in buying? the Chicago White Sox. I, I will say this to you, and, and this is not to be coy. I, I, you know I talk to both of them a lot. I have never asked either one that question. Well, that's a homework question. Oh, yeah, come on. I mean, that's, that, it, I've never asked either one that question. The former president, of course, is a, is a White Sox guy. I mean, yes. He's a White Sox guy. Right. Michael has straddled that line very skillfully for somebody who understands he's a civic treasure. And he played for and wore the colors, yes. But trust me, I've been on the other end of the phone, not to mention sitting in some suites when he's been rooting for the Cubs. So I know how that goes. Oh, okay. Oh, okay. Um, yeah, but at the and, end of the day, you're rooting for the green, and that's the money. Yes, so that's what he well, roots for. Yes, but yeah, but, you know, yes. Um, I've, never, I've never asked either one he still has a house. that question. Yeah. That, that, that's a, you know, that's a fast and really yeah. great question to, to raise. I, I, I might actually... Yeah. Raised to both of them. Um, Send it. But you can be but, part but of that why, group. Let me ask you this: Why? I mean, Jerry Reinsdorf wouldn't like to see his son have the team. I don't know if he's he got wants, a team. He's got the, a basketball the, the, the team. The rumor has always been that he wants to get rid of the Sox and keep the Bulls in the family. Okay, well, you guys are more privy to that than the, I am. It's a rumor, I, I, though. I, just I, know, I, I don't know. No, I you mean, know these people. It, it, we don't know them. No, Do no, no. I, I, I know. One of the people involved, I don't have that kind of, I know Jerry Reinsdorf to sit and have lunch or to say yes when he asked me to do something at Comiskey part, but I don't know him in that way like I know Michael. And I, I, that's why my, I, there's a loyalty there. I, I'd like to see Michael have that chance. Um, but How do you go you about know, asking that question, too? Like if you're sitting there having coffee in the morning and you just that's say, easy, say, that's easy, do you just that's go, hey, easy, Jerry, that's easy. Any interest in selling well, me oh, your team? With Jerry, it would, oh, oh, you mean if you're the son? I mean, I think those conversations go on all the time if you're the son. I think, Jerry, what is Jerry now? Right at 80, 81? Oh, no, he's 87. No, he's yes, not. Yes, he yeah. is. Yeah. 87. Jerry's 87? He's yeah. Tom Waddle. He is. Yes. Wow. Okay, I just shaved right, some years some homework. Okay, we, we got we got to run. You, We're up against it. All right, but you do, guys do run. We'll homework. get back to this. Yes. I'm sure sometime okay. soon. Yeah, get next and week. We'll, well, we're getting back to this next week. Get your giant get your bag of money assignment. together. Yes. Okay, let's get My you a play, franchise. I have plane tickets. I have plane tickets to get to Bears Packers. Uh, oh, good. Ooh, all right, yeah. I will see you plane at Soldier for that. Come and see us. I'll come and see you there because the other place is a, is, was a non, non-starter. All right. So <laughs> At least we'll get them all years. in now. All right. See you, Michael. Thanks, Mike. All right. Be good. There's Michael Wilbon. So that's interesting. All right, mm-hmm. we, got, we, we got Find the Great coming up and Courtney Cronin at 5.